welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at Theatre in the Now, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's one of my all-time favorite people, and today we are going to find out the ultimate mystery. What the fuck is her official name? Say hello to Bambina or Bambi or Bambina to the Don Diva. I don't know, but I'm going to find out officially today. Oh, that's hilarious. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm talking to you. I'm do- this is fantastic. <laughs> Happy Wednesday to us all. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, this this has been a, um, a, a podcast in the making. I've wanted to have you on officially for a while. Uh, for those who are um, frequent listeners of Block Talk, you were a part of the very, very, very first Block Talk Live. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, that, was, that was a fun time. Yeah, it was you, Bijou, Salmonella, and Carlos the Uber driver. Yeah, wasn't Vanna there? No, it was Vanna just in the audience. She was Vanna, the Vanna was loudly in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> audience feature. Exactly. I mean, she, oh, everyone, everyone needs a Vanna audience member because Vanna in the audience will laugh and cackle and make you feel like, okay, there's a million people here. So you all yes. <laughs> need a Vanna in the audience if you don't have one. But yeah, I'm excited. We're going we're gonna to fully dive deep into you and your life and your drag and all the fun things that make you so special because you are a special person. Well, thank you. Let's do it. I'm excited. I guess it all starts with the name, huh? Yeah. You know what? I was going to say that for later, but let's start with the name. What, oh, what is, is it? Let, what, <laughs> what is the official name? When I release this podcast, what is the name that I'm titling it? Okay. So, <sighs> I'm laughing because to be honest, the, the real answer is that I don't think that I don't think there is no official name. Um, but Bambi. Bambi okay. is her name. Okay, Bambi. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I moved to the city. I, I've always... Why? Really? Okay, we're going to do Do Not Disturb People. Like, <laughs> You're just so famous and popular. Lord have mercy. But, um... Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. All right. Okay. You can read out. Sorry. Sorry, family out there listening to the podcast. I'm interrupting <laughs> production. Um, yeah, I've always known that I wanted my name to be Bambi. Um, I loved the movie growing up. Mm-hmm. As a child, I had a weird fascination with beer, um, probably because I grew up in Maryland, um, right outside the suburbs of DC and so like there was a lot of deer but walk in the parks and always try to pet them and stuff but anyway I, I moved to the city and I felt a weird pressure to have like one of those punny names sure 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 and I'm not a punny person so <laughs> I joined a pageant I joined the ultimate drag pageant at the Westin Lounge and it was like right then and there they were like you need a name bitch 
Um, and I was like, oh, Bambina, Bambina the Don Diva. And so I just went with that. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's a line that I stole from uh, from the uh, Azalea Banks. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, don't, I used to be a really big, I still low-key am a huge fan of her. I don't, I don't know, I feel weird saying that. <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, that, that's where the name Bambi came from. You know, weird childhood fascination with my obsession with the <laughs> famous Azalea Banks when I was in college, her making a ruckus in the community. <laughs> Nice. All right. Now, you mentioned you're from Maryland. What was life like growing up there? Um, huh. I guess, like, in, normal, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to school. You know, I had friends. It was very, very diverse where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I had a you know, don't get me wrong, like, I grew up gay and femme, so I had my fair share of teasing, um, but as do a lot of people, yeah, I had a, it was, Maryland was fun, it definitely, if I had to raise a child, I would definitely rather raise them in Maryland than New York City, New York City scares me for children. (laughs) That's fair, that's very fair. Um, yeah, it was, it was normal, I guess, I suppose. I have wonderful parents, I love my parents so much, um, I talk to my mom every day. There's seldom a week that goes by if we don't have a conversation. Um, yeah, I, I love Maryland. I miss Maryland. What were you like as a child? A, uh, center of attention kind of person. Could never uh-huh, shut that, up. that checks out. That checks out. Uh, n- never could stop talking. My brother would, I have an older brother. Um, he would always tell me to shut shut up. <laughs> I'm about to cuss on here. Absolutely. All right. Um, yeah, for my POCs, I think it'll be like, shut up, nigga. Um, <laughs> all the time. Um, yeah, I, they can never get me to stop singing and dancing around to like Selena and Beyonce in the living room and Cheetah Girls and my Raven Simone album. Because I was like the only person who bought it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to like, I was strangely enough very athletic as a child. I didn't really like sports, but I did like to be active. I was always outside running around, swinging from stuff, swinging from trees, climbing trees. I loved camping, stuff that you probably wouldn't catch me dead doing now. (laughs) And and when did theater enter your life? Uh, Officially, I think really high school. Um, I loved the arts. So uh, immediately when I was in middle school, uh, my parents put me into a uh, arts magnet program. Mm-hmm. Going to middle school, shout out to y'all. Um, where, because I always sang, I loved to sing growing up. And so then when I got to middle school, I was introduced to theater and dance. Um, and I really just explored it because it was fun. And then by the time I got to high school, um, I had a dance teacher recommend me to uh, this intensive. I think that was like really eye-opening because I was like, oh, okay, so like performing, performing can be a career where you don't actually have to be Beyonce or filmed on TV and like live this stereotypical life of being really successful in the terms of fame Um, and uh, being an heiress of sorts. You know what I mean? Like you can have a viable career doing theater, doing Broadway, you know, and teaching and still doing what you love to do. 
So like that intensive was really eye-opening for me. And I think that's when I was like, Broadway. Broadway is the dream. And then I went to college and the mm. dream was a little tainted, but. <laughs> yeah, so you, you went to a pretty prestigious little, little school. Yeah, I did. I, I don't brag on her. I didn't have the funnest time, but mm-hmm. I did. Um, I went to the Boston Conservatory. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give a woot woot, but you know, the Boston Conservatory. Um, and to be honest, I learned a lot. I learned so much sure. at that school. Uh, it was really weird being, that was, I think, my first time experiencing tokenism. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a really different and bizarre, uh, um, I guess, experience to navigate. Sure. Uh, and to be honest, looking back on, I don't think I recognize it in the moment, but looking back on it, you know, I definitely experienced, you know, depression and, and hit some low points. Um, but I learned so much from that school. I made lots of great friends. I've, some of my best friends like Diamond, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't honestly trade it for the world, like looking back at it. Um, but it was, it was hard. (laughs) <laughs> Did you find also, it was overly competitive? Yeah, yes. Yes, it was very competitive. It was very, um, I don't know. Uh, for me personally, because it wasn't even the competition aspect of it. It was, it felt very, um, it was hard to feel like people, like we were making genuine connections with people. Sure. Um because theater is this weird, there's a middle line in theater that's, that's really hard to navigate because theater and art making, especially when it's collaborative, you want it to be, you, you overemphasize this idea of trust and community mm. and um, camaraderie. Um, but I also think that when you also add um, business onto it and competition onto it and, you know, people being people, young people, young adults, you know, going through life and being human, um, it's hard to maintain that the fragility of what community can be. Absolutely. Um, and honestly, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just this empathetic fairy child. So like, it was, it was hard. It was hard to like, I think, walk into the world and it not be this magical place that I kind of thought it was going to be growing up you know the world is the world can be hard absolutely people can be cruel and that not even not necessarily purposeful like situations and scenarios are um yeah i anyway anyway uh did you did you have any favorite roles you got to play while you were at school um I will say that not, I don't know if I, I love the role and I don't know if it was the role that I loved as so much as the project itself. I got to be part of Parade. Um, mm-hmm. I played Newt Lee. He's a very, very small role in the musical if you know the musical Parade. Um, but I was actually, I really resonated with that role. Um, and it was a magical experience. I just love that show so much. Yeah. It's one of my favorite shows. And I'm really, really happy that so we decided to direct it and I got to be a part of it. Um, Cause it was one of those, it was one of the shows that like I really fell in love with in high school. 
And obviously I can't play the main character. So <laughs> it was great though to, to be a part of it. But also I think in some ways I didn't go by Bambi when I was in college, but I, I discovered drag in college. Okay. I delved into drag in college. So I, that is probably the role, I guess, if you could say that I'm most fortunate to play. Absolutely. So you went, so Boston Conservatory is in Boston. I went to BU, so I was in Boston. I, I know Boston well. What do you miss about Boston? Not if the you miss anything. <laughs> Not yeah. the whole. Um, what do I miss about Boston? <laughs> um, kind of this excuse to be mad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are mass holes for a reason. <laughs> Like, everyone in Boston kind of has this sarcastic chip on their shoulder, and they're just like, yeah. they just blatantly take their anger on them, everyone around them. It's like, <laughs> it's just okay. It's accepted. Um, I guess, um, I, I miss, I mean, it's weird because it's not there anymore either, but Harvard ART used to do um, this production every Saturday called The Donkey Show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever been. Oh, but, I've been. Oh, I went. So I've been a couple of times, and then I got fortunate enough to be a part of it. That was amazing. But I, I miss that the most. That is my favorite memory of Boston is doing that show every week with the people I got to do it with. It was it was a good time. But for good. those who don't know the Donkey Show, it is basically a reimagining of Midsummer's Night's Dream, um, very much like a little party experience, kind of very immersive. Everyone comes in, most, well, I don't know, you kind of have those people who, everyone comes in decked, first yeah. off. It's definitely an experience. Like, everyone dresses up. Um, but then you definitely have those people who, like, become regulars who, like, go all out. Like, they'll have the bell-bottom jeans yep. with the platform shoes. Like, they'll pick out their, their afro, like, their real afro, or put, throw a bunch of glitter. But everyone's, like, decked out. Everyone has glitter. It's like you're walking to City of 54, and then you see, like, half-naked men everywhere dancing on boxes. I got to be one of those half-naked men, by the way. Um, fun. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just a really good time. It was a Yeah, really one of time. my um, good friends from college um, was one of the stage managers for the show for a while. Who is your friend from college? Uh, Kevin Schlegel. Oh, no. The blonde boy. No, I don't think I... Kevin must have been before my time. It's possible, but... Yeah, I mean, it, Donkey Show's a fun fun little show. ART, a great place. Um, but you want to be on Broadway, so you logically, New York had to be the next step. Yes, well, the, thing, the funny thing, New York was always the step. Right. Um, from the moment I saw... Cheetah Girls. <laughs> I was like, I'm living there. Um, nah, in a dream world, because um, New York is kind of like the epicenter of like, I mean, I guess minus LA, but LA is a little different. LA is all about like glitz and glam. Hollywood is different. But, you know, I always like really resonate with like the grit of the art of New York. Like, right. I loved watching Fame. My mom bought me like, the whole series set on DVD. So like the idea of being able to go to performing arts high school, like that was always tied to New York. Like the idea of like half my schools on my, on my college list were, were in New York. Like New York mm -hmm. was always these steps. So yeah, of course you're right. Like after Boston, it was definitely New York. There was a little grace period. I definitely went home for a year and did dinner theater. 
um, for about a year, but no, New York was definitely always like the end game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then when you came to New York, you, you drag re-entered. Yeah, drag re-entered. Um, so I guess a lot of that, again, is a testament to the experience that I had to Boston Conservatory. But in a weird way, I think the reason why Boston is so Boston Conservatory was hard um, is because it felt like a relationship that was like ending. Like I kind of felt out of love mm-hmm. with musical theater, to be honest, um, particularly the business aspect of it. And not to make it too political, but it kind of felt like you know, you you walk into a space presenting as a Black man, and there are only so many roles, right? And, like, Absolutely. sometimes, and, and the thing is, is, like, it's a business, so you do have to know, like, what you can offer. You know, I'm a bass baritone with a something, somewhat of an extension, you know what I'm saying? So even the roles that I personally would resonate or would love to play, don't necessarily aren't my type, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I can dance the house down boots, but, like, I'm not mixing like up to like an A so like am I gonna play an angel like you know what I'm saying right so it it was disappointing and I think I was kind of like I I I want to make the art that I want to make I I kind of left Boko um feeling like I'd rather even if I don't make a lot of money I'd rather hold the paintbrush than be someone stroke on a canvas and there's nothing wrong with being a stroke, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's a valuable part to play. Like, a painting is not a painting without every single stroke. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be the stroke that I wanted to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and drag kind of opened that door for me. And um, I watched Diamond do it for a year, like, miles away in Maryland and was so proud of her, the way that she was hustling. Because um, I feel like we kind of had like a similar experience at Boca where it's kind of like you're typed as one thing and you want to do the other. Um, and so, yeah, when I got to New York, that was also kind of the end game. Like, I don't know, I didn't actually, it was hard to explain to the parents, but I didn't actually move to New York to audition. I moved to New York to have a space where I could go out every so often and put on a wig and lashes and heels and strut my stuff and luckily make a couple dollars while doing it like yeah so yeah that that was yeah so, I'm, so how, how would you yeah how, how would you describe bambi in three words Bambi in three words um mm, mm. okay can one of my words be like hyphenated Sure, absolutely. Like, I'm, like it's a name. Yeah, so go like, for it. I'm <laughs> gonna be a read. I kind of figured myself as the Lauren Hill of drag. Okay, okay. Where in the sense, and like, I'm look, look, I have not had my my Breathstone Hill moment. Like, I'm not like claiming to be like this big artist that resonates with everyone. Like, but I think if you know Lauren Hill now, like, she has developed a reputation to although she makes great artwork, you know, she might be a little late, you know, she might not always be responsive. <laughs> you know, she might go up to the gig and might have to take a couple Z's before she jumps on stage. I've definitely not had a gig before, like, um, so I'm reading myself. But, um, so yeah, like, I, I think when it comes to, like, the art of drag, I really, really love it. 
um, and I love doing it, and I love watching it, but I'll be late. <laughs> so on, on average, how long does it take to transform into Bambi? Um, well, now, as an attempt to, like, hurry that up, it doesn't take very long. Um, well, okay, continue to read myself. So I used to be late <laughs> forever to do my makeup, right? Because I would literally set aside, like, I'm like, okay, if I have a gig tonight, I have to make sure I'm out of work by this time. So I have, like, three hours to get in drag, right? Um, and then, of course, that three hours was still turn into three and a half, really approaching four. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Now I've kind of like, I developed a system for myself. Like, I know a lot of people like the first thing they do is they beat their face, they, then they get dressed on the padding. Nah, padding first. Fair, <laughs> padding fair, fair. Fit in your padding, beat your face. Luckily, because of these braids now, I don't necessarily have to go on a wig and glue it down. So that takes off like literally another because I'd be struggling with that lace, so that takes like another 15 to 30 minutes off my, my routine. Um, but now I'm late because now it probably takes me about, I'll say like an hour and a half to two hours to really like beat face mm -hmm. and get out the door. Um, but of course, I still just, I'm still late for some reason. When, when, when it comes to doing your makeup, do you find yourself to be like a perfectionist? Do you, do you want to make sure your face is always... Definitely. Perfect. Yes. 100%. Yeah. That, that, that adds to it. I mean, when you're a perfectionist, you got to make sure everything is actually perfect. Um, and it's weird because people, a lot of times, not to brag, but a lot of times people are just like, oh my, like Diamond was like, she throws nothing on. And I'm like, <laughs> but there's so much on. And I take right. all of the time. I take it. And that's the thing. I can't answer how long it takes me to get in drag because if you give me four hours, I will take all four hours. Right. I will take as much time as I'm allotted. And that, that's really why I'm late because I will take all the time I'm allotted plus some every single time. That's fair. That's fair. Do you have any favorite makeup products that you use? Uh, uh, ooh, okay. Yes, yes. Um, um, okay, hold on. I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm going through the Going through the stash. Okay, so I just recently, I had a customer who left New York kind of at the peak of um COVID and quarantine but he mm -hmm. used to manage a Sephora so he gave me a bunch of products and one of them was the Huda Beauty Dust Palette okay um, and yeah you can tell which I mean I'm doing this like I'm a YouTuber but you can tell which <laughs> color and which yeah, yeah, color yeah, yeah. Yeah. but I like palettes that are super versatile where you don't just use it as an eyeshadow you can throw it on as like contour sure. bronzer blush and all that stuff so that's definitely one of them um and then, let me see. I love, I mean, every queen uses Quilon. Uh, honestly, I love my beauty supply store stuff. I have this palette that I use every day. I don't even know the name of it because it literally comes from the beauty supply store. It's called <laughs> Ebon New York. There we go, Ebony New York. E-B-I-N New York. They're really cool. Um, if you have a Bliss Beauty Supply store in your hood, you can pick it up. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, and the Anastasia, my honestly, like drag or no drag, my go-to, it's not really a product, it's more of a tool, but I, I cannot function without the Anastasia brow brush. Mm -hmm. Like I have five of them because I lose them and I'm, I'm going to sit on deck. <laughs> 
So what was your first gig and first performance in drag? First performance was technically in high school. Okay. Um, so, okay, okay, so um, in high school, like I said, I kind of went to like a performing arts magnet kind of program in middle school, and then that also transitioned into high school. Um, and so every year we would do these, um, they called it Billboard Magic. Ooh. Okay. And it basically was a themed top 100 billboard review show so for example one year they did road trip so all the songs were like making my way downtown walking fast and i'm homebound or i'm on a highway to hell type of shit like you know what i'm saying nice other that was also i don't know why they did that theme that was a stupid thing (laughs) um they also did movies so then it was like great soundtracks you had like titanic and like you know, my heart will go on type stuff, right. like things like that. Um, oh, actually, this was this was that year. So the movie uh, soundtrack year, they did, uh, the song is called Express from Burlesque. Yes. Okay. I remember that song. Um, and every year in the class below me, we had this trans girl who would perform. She was, but the following, she also cheerleaded. And so... The following year, cheerleading conflicted with Billboard, so she couldn't do it, right? Mm -hmm. So, low-key, like, it kind of started as a joke, but I think part of me wanted to get in heels and lashes, and I was like, yo, like, why is Savon not doing this show? Like, she needs to be here. Like, if she's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put on a wig and some heels, and I'm going to do it, because she was in every, every time there was, like, we always had the one, because it's a high school, so you can only get away with, like, one, like, sexy dance number, right? And she would throw it down on that stage every year. So the year that she couldn't do it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give my testament to her. I'm going to do it. And so <laughs> the funny, I borrowed her heels. My best friend, Alberta, that we, I still talk to this day, we went to the beauty supply store in Wheaton Mall. We picked out this little Tina Turner, Whitney Houston, curly-haired shake-and-go. And we popped it on my head. And the costume was literally just like oversized button-down daddy t-shirt right and like some heels Mm -hmm. so i wore that i was literally like front not center like off stage left (laughs) and i i i did it the first night and my parents saw it and they felt a type of way and (laughs) to make themselves feel better i omitted myself from that number of the show (laughs) okay okay um, but they, they do not do drag now, so they've come a long, a long way. But that was technically my first performance in drag. I, nice. I don't, I wonder if there's pictures. I probably looked crazy. So <laughs> I don't know if there was much makeup. I think literally, if anything, a friend backstage, probably Bertha, threw on whatever lipstick she had in her bag on my lip, like, two minutes before, threw on some mascara, probably. Because mind you, like, out of the 20 numbers that are probably in this review show, like me and like a couple other friends are probably in like eight to 10 of them. Sure. <laughs> Cause we were like, we were like the go-getters like, oh, we, we love performing. We're going to do this for the rest of our lives. They're like, yeah, you got to be in this number two sis. So how fast can you quit doing like <laughs> that? How fast can you do this? So it literally was probably just like throw on the lipstick, go. Like no blush, no contour. Like what's a highlight? I probably looked crazy. 
but yeah, first time performing. That was probably 2012. 2000. Nice. Well, let, let, let's jump ahead in time a little bit. So I started going to the Ultimate Drag Pageant season four, which for those who don't know, that would have been the season of Ariel Grande, Vanadu, Dee Dee Comeswell, Bijou, Cicatrix, all those fun, amazing people. The following year, the following season was um, w- with Petty and Diamond and Chola, mm-hmm. and you in the audience. Yes, every month. Not every night, but, you know, most nights. And it was always this thing where you would kind of get, like, picked on in a way that you're going to be next, you're next season, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. The season six cast comes out, and there you are. What 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 was the ultimate push to get you to do the ultimate drag pageant? Uh, huh. To be okay, well, so to be honest, I didn't know what ultimate drag pageant was until that season. So my first that season where Diamond was right. was performing. Um. So like my first introduction was literally like the first week. Um. And I'm just there just, like, to support a friend. Um, I think it was watching the growth of my friend and all the girls around her that was, like... And, honestly, it was probably, like, watching my friend win. You know, like, I was kind of like, if you can do it, like, I can back and do it. And I didn't do it. But... <laughs> we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But, no, it was it was honestly, like, just being able to watch them do kind of what I wanted to do. Like, I, mm-hmm. like, to be honest, I was new to the city at that time. I had just moved, so I wasn't really aware of all the opportunity, like, drag-related um, that they had. So that kind of was, like, my introduction to, you know, being a part of New York City drag life. Like, you know what I'm right. saying? Um, so, yeah, like, watching her do it. And when Marty was kind of like, this, we needed we have an open slot. Is anyone available? Like I literally ran. <laughs> I remember like jumping yeah. out of my seat and being like, I want to do this. I can do this. And really at the time, you know, besides that high school performance and a couple of times me and Dabin performed at town, not town, sorry, town is a club in DC um, that no longer exists at machine in Boston, rest in peace. Um, so yeah, we were performing a couple of times at machine in Boston um, so aside from literally, like, those two nights at Machine, I didn't really do drag. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I would beat my face every day before I would wake up and go to class. But I didn't really have anything to show for it, right? So, like, right. It, 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 I felt really fortunate. I, was, I felt really fortunate and blessed that Marty really kind of was just like, if you want to do this, like, do it, send me a picture. I literally, like, beat my face, I think, that night through on, like, this shake and go straight wig that I still have um and like cut up an old windbreaker to try to make it look like some type of ivy park something and like literally throw on heels and have my friend take pictures of me in my bathtub (laughs) and that became the poster that they used for the actual pageant but meanwhile like you have Shelby late looking like a glamorous like 10 times glamorous more version of like Leah Michelle, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm bent over with my ass out <laughs> in a bathtub of all things. Like, girl, you could at least did it like on a, on a car. And anyway, so yeah, so I that's that's 
kind of how I got into it. I, I kind of threw myself into it because really at the, at the time, it kind of just seemed, it seemed like a door that I would, would be remiss if I allowed it to shut in my face. Yeah. Um, and so I ran for it. It was <laughs> it just kind of felt like one of those like electric sliding doors slowly closing. And I'm just like, please. Like, you know, when you like get to the train station and like literally the train is like, ding, ding. And <laughs> yeah. at point you're just like, am I pulling out this card? No, I'm going to tap and pay. <laughs> Run for the door. That's what it was. So yeah. And like also it was exciting to see my friend win. Like, Absolutely. I feel like when you see, especially when it's your friend or someone that you are rooting for, it, it kind of like subconsciously, like it's like, it built, puts a fire underneath your butt. It encourages yeah, totally. you. So, yeah. So season six, you're in the cast and it was a pretty competitive group of entertainers. Oh my gosh, Michael. <laughs> like this was not an easy season. You, I literally showed up and was like, what did I get myself into? I was shook. I was so shook. I was so shook. You had Tiffany and Coke. You had Carlos Uber Driver. You had Shelby Lay. Just. And the, and the ultimate winner, Nicole Anoscopy. Nicole. Oh my gosh. No, and fucking Nicole. Fucking Nicole. Like, also, funny story. Did she tell you that I literally thought she was black on the poster? <laughs> no. I, like, walked up to me and just like, yeah, where are you from? Like, what's your ethnicity? And she was like, I'm Jewish. And I was like, girl, I definitely thought you were, like, Puerto Rican. <laughs> Some shit. Like, I thought you, I definitely thought you were giving, like, like, Afro-Latinx vibes. Um, and she was oh like, God. oh, oh, my gosh. And I was like. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah it, no. it, was, it was a very competitive cast. And then you had someone like Gina Tonic who had been doing it for a while in the cast. So it, was, it really was, like, anybody's game to start. Yeah. Now, oh my gosh, yeah, no, I, I was shaking in my bootstraps. I don't know. Now, I, I guess the question is, did you compete to win or did you compete to explore drag in yourself? <laughs> so I think when I showed up, like, getting to the gig, I was like, I'm going to compete to win. Boom, first week happened, didn't even happen. Marty didn't even arrive to the bar yet. Like, I got there and I was like, you know what, you're going to have yourself a good-ass time. You're going to have yourself a good-ass time and you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And, <laughs> and that's what happened. And honestly, I think I'm grateful because I think in a weird way, I think honestly, too, because to be fair, like, I was kind of a little bit behind some of the other girls. I think Estefi, in terms of a, an established aesthetic, you yeah. know, I definitely was very much exploring, like, who is Bambi? What does Bambi look like? What does Bambi like to dress like? What does Bambi like to smell like? How does Bambi like to perform? Like, what songs are Bambi's go-to songs? Like, um, and I think a lot of these other girls definitely kind of was like, I know my thing and I know what I have to offer. And like, quite frankly, I think they knew that they were going to win. And like, I kind of knew it too. I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely did not go there like with the intention. That's not true. I showed up with the intentions to win. And upon arrival, I knew that those intentions were probably going to be disappointment. So I switched my intentions up real fast. <laughs> now, I, I was there every, every week because I was very much um, supporting Nicole and helping Nicole on her journey. Um. I would say that you were probably the most endearing performer of that cast because it was really watching your growth from week to week that you really 
made this exploration so quite beautiful. It was very endearing, like not to be, to read, but Bambi is a very fitting name because everyone, one of the most infamous scenes in Bambi is Bambi skating on ice. And I feel like that was kind of your journey. Yes, I like, love that. I, I, I remember your Eartha Kitt number freaking out because you were knocking shit over. <laughs> but it was so endearing and, and, and great because it came from you. Thank you. Oh, my God. I love, I love, I love, I love. <laughs> um, no, that, that's perfect. Oh, my gosh. And the weird thing is, is that, like, Again, like I showed up and I was I was very aware, <laughs> yeah, um, of of kind of where I stood on the totem pole, and so I I think as I progressed through the competition, I, I think I was on the same page with the audience, and I I was very grateful and I understood that like there was this um, appreciation for growth, and to be honest, that's all I really wanted. Like, so let me rephrase. I think my intentions. Once I got there, my intentions weren't, oh, I'm just going to have fun. My intentions were honestly to do better than I did the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I carried that over into the following season that I did with the ultimate drag um, all-stars. Um, because, yeah, that's all you really can't, that's, that's, a, that's a goal that you have 100% control over, right? right. Like, you can do your best you can be the best and still not win. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you're gonna be, you're gonna be butt hurt about it. Whereas I feel like if your intentions are to do something, to just do better than what you did last time, you have a hundred percent control over that. And when you do do that, you feel good. You know what I'm saying? And when you Absolutely. don't do that, you also recognize it and you feel like shit. And it forces you to work four times as hard to not feel like shit the next week. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's yeah, I just wanted to do better than the week before. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was about... I was on ice, like, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it was basically a year later that you returned for the second All-Star season that the Ultimate Drag Pageant did. And spoiler alert, you won. What what was the winning formula this time around? Um, uh... Honestly, like I said, uh, do be- try to beat yourself. I think try to beat yourself and try to think outside the box. Um, because to be honest, there are definitely certain weeks I look back on. And when I think specifically on those weeks, I'm like, I, I don't think I would have won. Especially because there are weeks where I felt like I did do my best. There was also someone else who did equally as good as me or better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got as far as I did because, again, I was like, you're going to do better than what you did the week before. And also, drag pageant kind of makes it a little bit easy because you're not like you're getting rid of a girl every week. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it makes it a little easier. Um, but in terms of that final, uh, if you weren't there, the final um, challenge was production, um, which... And this kind of more of a testament to doing better than what you did or doing something different than what you did the last time. Because I kind of felt like my first season finale number was kind of a production number. Like I had the dancers, I literally had a procession whilst Mm -hmm. tripping over my train through the audience. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and I had like a costume change and like, it felt very like, for me, it was kind of like an MTV VMA performance moment. Like, sure. you know what I mean? Like if I had to like compare to something like that's what it felt like. It was like, yeah, I did that. It felt like Beyonce doing Ring the Alarm. Anyway, um, so I didn't want to necessarily do that the second go around especially because the challenge was production. And I think that was expected. And I think it was expected, especially of me. Cause I think at that point, again, I had proven myself to kind of be like this dancer of sorts. Um, and when you're a dancer of sorts, like and someone gives you a production challenge, what else do you do but throw three more dancers behind you and dance the house down boots. Right. Um, and so for me, it was kind of like, how can I do something different that I didn't bring to the table last time? Like, how can I up the ante? And so I kind of wanted to tell a story more so than be flashy. Um, Cause I think, and I think again, a testament to Boko though, I'm not always happy with my experience. I still love and grateful for it um, because they taught me how, they taught me that production can be more than just flashy lights, yeah. big costumes, big hair, glitz and glamor. Like a production is something that moves you. And sure. so that's what I tried to do. And I think because it was different than what everyone else kind of brought to the table that night, it kind of pushed me over the edge to win. Mm -hmm. So I don't know really if there is a formula. You know, the formula is like, do better than what you did last time. I guess think outside the box and like be lucky. Because I think if that challenge wasn't the winning week, maybe I wouldn't have won. That's fair. I mean, like I, I, I unfortunately did not attend any of the weeks. Um, but I remember seeing Instagram stories of your performances and, and instantly can tell that there, there was this newfound confidence that you didn't necessarily have that first season. That too, that too. Um, yeah. Confidence. You can't win anything without confidence. <laughs> right. You, you were very confident and, and grounded and, and you, you, you were seasoned by this point. I appreciate you saying that because to be honest, every single week, the second go around, it felt like the exact same thing the first time. Like I was still kind of shaking my bootstraps. Yeah. But I think it, that came more from caring and wanting it to be what I envisioned rather than being like intimidated. Um, they, thank you. I appreciate that because I think I did feel, I feel, I did feel a little bit more grounded and there was things that I had learned at that point that, you know, I think through growth, like you, you don't worry about small things. So you get to mm -hmm. worry about like bigger things. And so like, the, you're not worried about so much. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you're first starting off, like you're worrying about is my lash saying on, is my wig glued down whilst also being like, damn, is this number saying what I wanted to say? Like, how do I interact with the audience? Like there's a lot to worry about. And then as you get better, you, you learn things like you learn how to glue shit down or right. not glue it down and have it not fly off because I also lost many wigs the first go around of ultimate drag pageant if you weren't there um, <laughs> um and then also like you know through practice comes comfortability so you do get more comfortable yeah um but I definitely still again felt very nervous every single week <laughs> now I want I want I want to stir the pot a little bit would you say your competition in season six was Better or worse than your competition in All-Stars? Huh. See, that's hard. That's hard because, mm, 
Okay, I was definitely more intimidated the first go around. Yeah. Definitely more intimidated. Um, but the girls in All Stars, I mean, they're All Stars. Right. <laughs> but, like, again, if you look at the cast from season six, that is an All Star cast as well. Looking like yeah. if you look, if yeah. you take a, a microscope out of it now. Um, because a lot of them were seasoned girls already. Like they were not amateur girls, like right. in season six, which is why I was like, "What am I doing here?" Um, I don't know. Not honestly, I I, I think they were on average equally as good. All right, that's a, that's a fair yeah, answer. I like that. Equally as good, but I definitely was more way more intimidated. Oh, child. <laughs> Well, we're going to play our first game. It's called This or That. Very simple. Give you two things. You pick the, which, the one you prefer. You ready? Okay. Okay. Love or money? Ooh. Ooh. My, mm, money. No. Okay. What kind of love? He's talking like romantic love or like people love? Whatever love you want. Well, people love is more important than money. Like, I need, right, like, right. yeah, love. Day or night? Night, night. Okay, okay. I like night. Cheese or crackers? Cheese. Ice cream or cake? Mm. Depends on the ice cream. Depends on the cake. All right, all right. Have let, let's go with chocolate ice cream and um, what kind of cake? A birthday cake. Birthday cake. Ooh, mm, I'm not a big birthday cake fan. So it's like chocolate ice cream. Okay, okay. Devil or angel? Oh, um, mm, 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 as you can tell, I'm very indecisive. I don't know if I can pick between <laughs> that because you know everybody a little sin in their life. It's true. You know. Okay. Street smart or book smart? Which do I prefer or which one mm -hmm. am I? Okay, I prefer street smart because I'm gonna be honest, sometimes I be feeling bamboozled. I'm not that street smart. So maybe I need to get more of some of that. <laughs> McDonald's or Burger King? Burger King. Starbucks or Dunkin'? Starbucks, what? Tall or short? Tall what? Short what? You pick. Short. Hot or cold? Cold. Iced coffee, always cold. Lead or ensemble? Lead. Boston or New York? Mm, New York. New York. Whitney or Mariah? Whitney. Nikki or Cardi? Nikki. And finally, Michelle or Kelly? Savage with Michelle. Mich I mean, ooh, I girl, agree. Girl, lies, lies. I'm, <gasps> oh, you agree? I was gonna say Kelly. When Jesus say, say yes, nobody can say no. Ooh, except for the fandom. <laughs> That's, so rude. That's so rude. No, I really do love Michelle. I love Michelle, but like, I love. I just love Kelly's energy. I love everything about Kelly. I love her like silky voice. It literally sounds like. 
like someone like like you know when they do those um those like chocolate commercials and they always have like the silk ruffling yeah. in the background behind the Godiva uh-huh. chocolate. That is her voice to me. That is okay. okay. <laughs> the ruffling of the silk. Like I, I I love everything about Kelly. I love that she always smiles in pictures. I love that she's beautiful and brown. She's so sweet. I love Kelly. She's she's, she's a legend. Sweet. They're all legends. They're all legends. They are all legends. I want to ask you, we're going to go behind the music a little bit. What is your signature number and how did it become your signature number? Huh. Huh. Hmm. I, okay. th- there's, there's one number that I always relate to you. Yeah. No, no, you, you, you tell me first and then we'll, we'll see. Well, because I think there's like a top three. Okay. It's like a top three. So one of them is, I guess, like the voodoo pussy number. Uh-huh. Um, the other one, I think, would probably be Eartha Kit. And then the last one would probably be um, the one where I threw in uh, Daddy Pope talking, and it's the Black Panther soundtrack. It's mm-hmm. Ops. Um, with a little bit of uh, with the uh, the majorette dancing, I guess at the end. But what do you think it is? Oh, v- what does the world most tie me to? Voodoo pussy. Okay, so I got it right on the head because I time. think that encapsulates all of you in one number. In one number. You get your dancing. You get your comedy. You, you get the audience interaction. It's fun. I don't. Because it, it, it definitely is probably, like, the most, like, you're going to do this number, right? Like, yeah. Um, I don't know why, how, and honestly, it was such an accident of a number. Like, if it wasn't for Drag Fashion, I don't think I ever would have came up with sure. that. And like, that was my desperate attempt of trying to be funny, too, at that. Like, when they said the, the theme was comedy, I was like, I'm not funny. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, when I'm with my friends, like, yeah, we laugh, but, like... Yeah. I'm also that person who laughs like the hardest at my own jokes. So like, that's how you know, like, like sis, you're not that funny. <laughs> so like, it, it was, it was, I was very nervous that week and about that number. So I don't know, the, the universe is weird. It's, it's amazing that that is like my most beloved number. Because yeah. for, the, for those who don't see it, uh, who, who haven't seen it before, when they watch for the first time, they're gagged. That the, the whole like crickets they're like this is funny this is good <laughs> like yeah well thank you thank you i don't know am i should i i don't know if i should talk about the number or like tell them what it is but we don't need to but yeah i don't know i guess basically I guess what like, you can tell them is when you come see me request it boom there it is and throw me five dollars when you do it right right exactly See, that's why I need people like you in my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, is, now, when we get back to normal, hopefully soon, we're going to go back into doing drag roulettes and drag suicides, whatever we want to call the, 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 the little game at the end of the show. What song from 2020 do you wish people will not request? What song from 2020 do you will not request? Uh... Or are you basically prepared to do WAP for the rest of your life? 
Oh, uh, well, because the funny thing is, I was going to say low-key anything Meg, the stallion. Because, mm-hmm. like, I can do, I can do Cardi's verse of WAP. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's real simple. Beat it up, nigga. Catch a charge. Like, Megan kind of, she hits you with the tongue trips. Like, it's real easy. I sure. think to clock a lip sync. <laughs> Anything that Megan the Stallion does. Like, um, though I love her music, I really do love her music, but like, it's that, I don't think I, I, that's something that I would have to throw into a mix myself, not be thrown on me in a roulette. Yeah. Um, because I will literally turn about face, you will see the back of my neck while I twerk for the, <laughs> the length of that song. She be rapping fast. <laughs> sure does. So we're gonna play the Cameo Game Show. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. Okay. And we, we are going to do the drag edition. So I'm going to give you a bunch of drag queens, all of which come from the city of New York. Boom. Okay, let's do this. All right. Who costs more? Okay. I, oh, this is going to be fun. First okay. up. Wait, do I get the right answer? Do you tell me the right answer? Or yeah, I'll tell you the, yeah, I'll tell you the answer. First up, Ms. Cracker or Jan Sport? Ms. Cracker. Yep. Ms. Cracker, $75. Jan Sport, 45 Peppermint or Alexis Michelle? Peppermint. Yep. Peppermint, uh, 79 Alexis Michelle, $60. Right. Nikki Doll or Jackie Cox? Hmm. I honestly would assume Jackie Cox. No, it's Nikki Doll. $65 for Nikki, $49 for Jackie. Shut up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Candy Muse or Dahlia Sin. Y'all are shady. Uh, <laughs> well, Dahlia now. Dahlia is $30. Candy is $21. Yeah, you know, Dahlia been on Drag Race. Mm-hmm, That's no mm-hmm. shade. That's just, you know, observation of how the game works, okay? Exactly, exactly. You on Drag Race, you, you, you ask for Mo. It's true. Next, we have Scarlet Envy or Reefy Royalty. Scarlet. Yep, Scarlet $29, Reefy $10. Next we have Izzy Uncut or Ruby Rue. Ruby? No, it's actually Izzy. Izzy is $20, Ruby is $15. Oh, Ruby, I think you can bundle up a little bit, girl. I mean, mm-hmm. not saying what you should do, but I mean, I would pay you, I would pay you $25. Next we have Jacqueline Hyde or Marty Gold Cummings. Marty. Actually, they're both $20. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Next up, and you want to talk about Shady, Paige Turner or Tina Burner? Nah, nah, uh-uh. That's, it's definitely Paige. No, it's and actually it's Tina. Paige, shut the front door. Tina is 30, Paige is 25. Why is Paige only 25? I know, right? Get your Paige Turners now. Right. Next, we have Vanna Do or Laguna Blue. Okay. Mm, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself, but I'm going to guess with Laguna. That's correct. Laguna yeah. is 25. Vanna is 20. And we're going to switch it up. I know, I know you love Charmed, right? Yes. 
How much can you get an Alyssa Milano cameo for? Oh, bitch, I don't know it like that. The fuck? Um, mm, mm, like, like in a movie? Like in a TV show? No, no. She records a cameo for you. She records a personal message for you. She does cameos like that? Oh, shit. Um, oh, yeah. She don't seem like she would ask for a whole lot. I would say anything between 50 to $100. $250 for an Alyssa Milano cameo. Okay. And you know, that's still not, as, that's still not a whole lot. So no, I it's not too bad. Not too bad. I respect that. That's cute. Well, that's the cameo now, game show. Do it in a rhyme. Like, will she say a spell? You can request anything you would like her to do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to hit a rap. <laughs> for $250, do it. $250. I want her to hit me up and recite the power of three spell to me. There you go. I'm sure she would do it. Why is drag important to the community? That's a deep ass question. How long do I have to answer this? You have as long as you want. Um, I think, I mean, we're pioneers first off. Um, but like, that's also just like asking like, why, why is art important to the community? Why, it, why are queer people important to the community? Why are black people important to the community? Why are Latinx people important to the community? Why are, Caucasian people important to the community because we add to the community. We're a yeah. part of the community, like you know what I mean? And um <clears throat> I think that one being artists, we have the ability to uh kind of take a mirror and flip it on the world, right? I think that's what we do as artists, you know? It's yeah. kind of like no matter what type of art you do, that's that's ultimately what happens. Um and on top of that we are queer artists. So like we, we have this perspective that, we have this perspective as drag queens and queer performers that kind of meets the intersection, right? Of like all these other perspectives that I think, and, and sometimes the nuances get lost, right? So I feel like we have the ability to see, to see what really matters. You know what I'm saying? Like not to say that, what people what matters to you matters matters period what matters to you matters but i think we just have a perspective to see to see what's at the end of the tunnel and i think that through us through queer performance we progress society like we literally are the pioneers of inclusion you know what i mean um i know that was really deep we love a deep answer on this show <laughs> i'm getting really ranty but I just think that we, we're the best things on this planet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we elevate women. We elevate trans women. We elevate, elevate trans men. Like, we, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we, we're the representation for, for every underdog there is. Like, um, and we do it by looking glamorous. Yeah, absolutely. Even when we be looking grungy and scary as shit, we still look better than your bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Now, I would not say that you are a social media queen, but oh, in God, this day no. and age, why is social media so important to drag? Um, well, to be honest, I think it's important because it's it's this day and age. You know what I mean? Like social media, regardless if you're like me and you try to run from it or <laughs> neglect it, it's it's the matrix in which we live in now. Sure. 
And so I think in some ways, you know, if you're going to exist in the matrix, you got to exist in the matrix. You know right. what I mean? Do, so, do you feel like you lose relevance um, not being as active on social media as some other queens? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, of course I do. Um, and sometimes I beat myself up over it. And then sometimes I'm like, girl, you, you're doing what you can do, okay? You got to work to pay your bills. Um, and now not say that other girls don't work to pay the bills, but look, I get tired. And when I get tired, I'd rather sleep than beat my face in a mirror yeah. and take a picture. <laughs> um, and like, also, that's just like not my judge. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, I think I look pretty when I walk out the door to go up to a stage, right? But like, I don't, necessarily think that like I'm doing the things that some, someone like Sterling is doing like I'm not Pat McGrath like you know what I'm saying like I'm not creating right. these intricate detailed looks that Diamond gives you on her eye you know what I'm saying or really even colonoscopy the way that she can like color block and like her her face and like give you like this multicolored like thing like I'm giving you very Jackie I know very mm-hmm. wearable <laughs> you know what I'm saying so it's like to me, that's just not, um, and not to say that I shouldn't explore it. I really should explore it, you know what I'm saying? But like, it just, you know, I'd, I'd rather beat my face to go do a split on a stage. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not my lane. And so I don't really beat myself up over it too hard, but I do recognize the reality situation. It's like, yeah, you, maybe you would be a little further if you were more consistent with posting things, like, or even posting videos that you do do live, like, Lord knows people tell me to do that more often, and I probably should, um, especially now because, you know, there isn't really live performance. So, like, um, you know, and you, there is, I have found that you can still connect with the people that, that you miss performing for and that miss seeing you perform right. through social media. But I don't know. I'm an old person in, like, a 26-year-old's body. Like, I'm, I'm a mother's <laughs> child. Like... My mom got an iPhone and they were like, do you know how to use it? She was like, look, as long as I can make a phone call, that's all I want to know how to do. Like, I don't need all the extra shit. That's kind of how I am. <laughs> like, that's fair. That's fair. Very, very old school. I don't even text. I'd rather make a phone call. Like, You're a rare breed. I know. <laughs> Wait, where do you see the state of drag in five years? The state of drag in five years. Huh. Honestly, honestly, I would hope, like, my dream for drag is, I'd love to see a drag queen, like, I mean, and Pablo's doing it. I'd love to see that here in America, though. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, you follow Pablo Vitar, right? I'd love to see that here in the States. And I really feel like it's going to happen fairly soon. Definitely, like, the next five, ten years. I would hope. Yeah. I would love to see that happen. Like, just... This drag pop be, superstar yeah like like we're kind of like we're definitely in the mainstream but i think we're we're the mainstream in the way that kevin fed was k fed was in the mainstream like you know what i'm saying like i want drag to be britney motherfucking spears sure you know what i'm saying and it's like yeah we, we, we got rue we now, have we have rue but does more of that is the u.s version here or, or have we not found her yet You mean like, do I know who she is? That's what you're asking? Yeah. Are we waiting for her to blow up or are we still trying to find her? Oh, are you trying to ask, is she, is she me? Is it you or is it, is it, <laughs> is it any, yeah. Um, 
Well, to be honest, I, based off the way that I've seen the music industry work, I, look, I, I've missed my mark. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little old. Not to say that I'm old. I'm fairly young. Okay, and I look good, but like the music industry is a little a little ageist. Um, but honestly, I I know plenty of girls that it could that it could potentially be. Yeah, I mean, you know, the I closest it, we we've gotten so far is Trixie Mattel in with all her country music, like kind of shaking up country music a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, like she, cause she, like the way that she blew up, and I and. I don't know. I don't know if it's someone that we know who it is. Like, is it going to be Jan? Is it Jan Sport? I don't know. I really don't know. You know, I don't think. I don't think it's going to be any of the Rue girls that we know right now. To be oh, honest. Okay. Okay. Um, and I don't. Maybe it will be Jan. It would be pretty lit if it was Jan, don't you think? Yeah. That'd be pretty fierce. Um, but I'm shocked she doesn't have an EP out already. I honestly, you know, but I'm like, shocked. Honestly, she needs. To, but but I also feel like she's getting on her toes because when she does release one, I think I, I'm excited for it. When she does, yeah. no rush, Jan. No rush. No, but people are waiting. <laughs> I don't know. I think honestly, I think it's gonna be a complete random. I think it's gonna be yeah. a complete random, like from like some small podop town, like in a flyover state somewhere, like. Okay. Either that or it's going to be like some like young kid out here in the Bronx somewhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but it's going to be, it's, we, we don't know who it is yet. We don't okay. know. Okay. So we're going to play the favorite game on the podcast. It's time for tea time. You're going to spill some tea on your favorite friends, sisters, coworkers, people who you've st- shared a stage with people you maybe feuded with. I don't know. We're going to find out. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's start off with Vanadu. Some tea about Vanadu. What's tea about Vanadu? Do I have tea about Vanna? I mean, sis loves to drink. Like, sis gets, <laughs> sis drinks. But that's not tea. I mean, that's tea everybody knows. Like, that's not <laughs> tea. It's not rare tea. It's not uncommon. You know, that's like, that, that's that Lipton right there. Um, I mean, I, I do know that you, you two have shared a stage together in a, a production before of, of Hairspray. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Um, so I met, that's how me and Vanna met, actually. So when I was in the Boston Conservatory, she was studying at Harvard, A-R-T, because, my God, like, she's bougie. Um, like, do it, bitch. Do big things. Um, so we met doing a production of Hairspray, where, if you don't know, my name outside of drag is Kyle, and Vanna's name outside of drag is Kyle, and Hairspray is obviously a very racially driven show in terms of theme, so we became widely known throughout the cast as Black Kyle and White Kyle. Uh, <laughs> looking back at it now, it probably seemed very problematic, but... Very you know, problematic. <laughs> in the moment, we understood it. It was with love. Yeah. It was with love. Um, that was honestly a really fun production. It was one of the best productions I've ever been a part of. It was really fun. Um, it was directed by this like this, this gay couple. It was so cute. Um, and then, yeah, we remained friends after that. Then we did the donkey show together. Me and mm-hmm. Vanna built the donkey show. Um, and she honestly was like the one who gave me a lot of my first gigs after UDP when I first moved to the city. Like, shout out to Vanna. I miss you, girl. 
Got right, next, some food. next okay. we have, let's spill some tea on Cherry Poppins. On Cherry Poppins. Um, what kind of tea do I have about Cherry? Uh, see, I could say she also like. Matter of fact, yeah, yeah, I have a story about Cherry. I have a story. So, um, I'm sure um, all, of you, all of you know about Drag to the Drag to the Park in Central Park. And if you didn't show up, you you surely missed out. It was a mm-hmm. wonderful experience. But anyway, so we were working on the show, um, the show distancing show, and uh, Cherry had this wonderful idea. Uh, of doing kind of like a silent disco through Central Park. And so she produced it. She got the equipment. We all had headphones. It was really, really cool. Um, but leading up to the show, um, me and her were supposed to meet at Central Park so that we could walk the route together. Um, because knowing myself, I was trying to be proactive because like I said in the beginning of this intro, uh, this podcast, I run late. I run late um, I, I don't necessarily thoroughly read all my emails prior to the event. You know, sometimes information can slip. So I was trying to be proactive and be like, girl, if you're going to the park tomorrow to walk this trail, let me be there with you because Lord knows if I don't, I will show up the day of and I will get lost. I will get <laughs> lost and I won't make the show. So I'm sitting there waiting for her and, um, the funny thing is, is that I, why did I not go straight there? What was I doing? What was I doing, Michael? For mm-hmm. some reason, um, oh, right, right. I had a job interview. All right, so we were meeting at the 91st West Side entrance of Central Park. I had a job interview on one, uh, 133rd Street and uh, Adam Clayton Powell, right? So... I had to run up there. I was like, hey, girl, I know we said we was going to meet at this time, but I got this job interview. It's real last minute, but I really, really need to go to this interview, girl. Like, please. And it shouldn't take long. I'll hit you up when I'm there. Like, sorry for making you wait. And she's like, no, girl, you're good. You're good. See you when I see you. So I'm like, okay, bet. The interview went hella fast. It wasn't even an interview. It was just like, hey, nice to meet you. You're Claxton's friend, right? That's my roommate. You're Claxton's friend, right? I'm like, yeah, that's my buddy. He said, he talks so highly about you. So are you available Thursday through Sunday, right? I'm like, yes sis great just wanted you to see the space how do you like it i'm like this is amazing you guys have an awesome space here great you got the job and i was like really awesome (laughs) see you at work tomorrow so i leave i'm running i'm running to the train i'm like telling her i'm like hey i'm 15 minutes away eight minutes away god damn it the the one is holding for some dumb reason all right girl I'm, i'm i'm walking over i'm walking over Finally get there, and then she calls me, and she's like, hey, girl, yeah, so I'm closing out. I'll be there soon. So I was like, this bitch, I'm seeing her resting. This bitch is out of bo- is somewhere drinking. And so then I'm just like, okay, it's fine. I'm going to wait. My phone ends up, like, losing power. So, um, oh, right, and I didn't even have a charger. See, I was going to say I tried to charge my phone at one of those little charging booths. No, the reason why I went to the charging booth, bitch, is because I had my jewel pen and my jewel <laughs> pen. I had the charger for the jewel pen. So I went to the charging booth to charge my jewel pen. And I'm sitting here sipping on my jewel pen and charging it at the same time, waiting for her. And then my phone finally hits like 1%. And I'm just like, cherry girl, it's a I'm awake, but like, I don't know, like maybe shout out my name when you get here. My phone's not going to make it. And at this point, she's literally responding in gibberish, like just like not even like 
incorrect sentences or spelling, like literally just like letters. So I'm like, what's going on? Like, are you close by? Like, where are you? And like literally in me texting her, like my phone dies. I'm like, shit. Shit, 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 shit. All right, I'll just wait. I'm not going to be that rude person who leaves and that's why I'm leaving. And then it starts to rain. Oh, oh my God. I think I waited in the rain for maybe, I'm not going to drag her because to be honest, like I'm patient if it's not raining. If it's raining, I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I probably tops like five, five more minutes. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going home. I'll text her when I get home. And I texted her and I was like, hey, sis, I'm so sorry. It started raining. My phone died. I just needed to charge it because there was no way I was going to find you. And she was like, don't worry, sis. I'll see you tomorrow. Long story short, we never linked up. and We never walked the route until the day of the actual show. But sis definitely had me waiting in the rain. <laughs> That's good tea. I like this tea. All right, let's see. Do you have any tea on Miss Sickatrix? Miss Sickatrix. Not really. I don't have tea other than the fact that I hate going to her house. I hate going to her apartment. And it's not that I don't. She has a lovely home. She keeps a lovely home and she has the cutest little puppy dog. He's so adorable. But um, she just lives on the east side. She lives on the east side. I live in West Harlem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I have to do to go to your house? I have to take the one down to 96th or 72nd Street to take a two or three train back up. And that's if and then I have to walk half a mile. And the only way to avoid that half a mile is if I take the one train all the way down to 42nd Street and then transfer my ass to the six and then and then take the six all the way up. Like, bro. <laughs> so basically you want her to move. Well, I just want her to visit me for once. That's all. There you go. Sick you of tricks. There's like, your answer. Come to the west side. Like, come to this side of town. Like, just one time. Just one yeah. time. Because, girl, like, and then maybe you'll understand why I be huffing and puffing when I get to your door, girl. Like, <laughs> your house is a track. All right, next yeah. up, the colonoscopy. Damn, I mean, I feel like I gave mine away. Yeah, you, you, you gave some good tea before. <laughs> I gave it away. No, I definitely, and, like, I don't know, maybe I'm remedial. I don't want to say, girl, homegirl was overpainting in the picture. Maybe she toned down the, the, uh, <laughs> The, uh, what do you call it, the brightness or like the contrast. Uh, yeah. But I definitely was like, since you look Puerto Rican. <laughs> she is less clown. <laughs> when she told me she was Jewish, I was like, I swore hands down, you were like a Puerto Rican sister. Like, <laughs> she was like, oh God, no. Well, speaking uh, of someone who may or may not be Puerto Rican, how about Carlos, the Uber driver? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> How about Carlos Lieber Shiver? Um, uh, ooh, okay, this, okay. So I have, yeah, I guess this is like, I have some tea, I have some tea. Okay, so this was like right after, this was like a couple of months after pageant. Um, and so through Carlos, or through pageant, um, I ended up meeting Actually, no, I can say it was through Carlos and through Tiffany because he was, do you remember when Tiffany did her, um, her Ken doll number? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Robbie. Oh, um, I know Robbie. 
Oh, should we be dropping names? I don't know if we drop names. You know Ken. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so me and Ken, uh, like, I don't know if it was that night, but we ended up talking, we became friends. Um, and we kind of like kept in contact. And so a couple months after pageant, like Robbie hits me up and he's like, hey, I'm doing this like thing out in Jersey um, and we lost our drag queen. Like, would you want to be a part of it? And I was like, another drag? I'm not, mind you, ultimate drag pageant was like really like my first gig gig. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so now, and like that was you coming in each week hoping to slay the competition in hopes for tips, right? You ain't getting, you ain't really getting paid like that. So this was like, oh, bitch, we pay you. So I was like, yeah, like what? Of course. So um, apparently it was like, it was gonna be this huge uh, party um, in this Vegas, uh, I said Vegas, they wanted to be like Vegas reviewed themed is yeah. what they wanted. Now to be honest, they didn't really get that. They kind of got billboard magic. If you remember billboard magic, <laughs> You're part of this episode that's what they got um because the guy directing it loki very nice guy but i think he kind of like missed the vision mark a little bit but sure. hey what can you do when you don't have a vegas budget i guess um so uh robert reached out and was like yeah we really need a drag queen would you think about being a part of it and i was like of course like i would love to thank you so much for even thinking about me lo and behold i find out after the fact through alexis this girl named Alexis, who I actually had gone to school with, um, who also happened to be in the show. So I was like, oh my God, bitch, you're part of this kid. She's like, yeah, girl, I love seeing your pics on the ground. Anyway, so through her, I found out that the drag queen that they actually lost was Carlos the Uber driver. <laughs> and so that was very awkward and uncomfortable um, because they, they, Tiffany and Carlos also knew that they kind of had been replaced by me at that point. By the time mm -hmm. I found out that yeah. I was the replacement, they kind of knew that they had been known that I was the replacement. And so that That's was, true. that was awkward. Um, but we, we have since talked it out and I'm happy that they still love me and that they know, you know, it wasn't out of malice, at least not on my end. But I just, you know, they, they said check and I was like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> exactly. I thought the tea you were, gonna, you were about to spill is that you hooked up with Robbie and I would have been like, podcast over. He's my, oh, he's my forever prince. Dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. Honestly, I wish because Robbie is super cute. Oh, he's adorable. He knows how much I crush on him. I love yeah, him. Yeah, we never hooked up. I will say though, Robbie also danced for me me in the finale of season six when I did like my little grown woman right. number and my other backup dancer Jay had the hugest crush on him yeah I I love Robbie he knows how much I crushed on him he he did my podcast a couple times for the Disney um song showdown he, he's adorable and he his voice is amazing yes like someone who needs to own his beauty and confidence Robbie, but yes. one day, one day. One day. Well, well, from Carlos to Tiffany and Coke, now known as Heart, what tea you got on her? What tea I got on Tiffany? What tea I got on Tiffany? On Tiffany? I mean, uh, honestly, I wish she was a bitch. Like, she's the sweetest person. Um, I think especially like drag queen, like she's the sweetest drag queen I've met. And that's not to say that most drag queens aren't sweet, but like mm -hmm. I, realistically in this city, like drag is highly competitive. And to be honest, a lot of the opportunities 
opportunity, especially for new drag queens to develop are in the means of competition. Sure. So there's always kind of like this, like, not necessarily cutthroat, but like, I'm looking out for myself. And a lot of times yeah. it's not even so much that like, you don't care about other people. You're just so hyper-focused on yourself and your own kind of like survival, for lack of a better word. Sure. And you, you, it's just, it's baffling to me. Like, I, I will never forget my first experience with Tiffany was the first uh, week of Ultimate Drag Pageant. And I'm literally like, rocking back and forth like on the couch trying to p press on my press on nails and like keeping the stick and she just comes over this glamorous bitch just comes over and just like hi love like how you doing do you need any help and i'm just like no i'm i'm, I'm okay thank you <laughs> she's just she's just such an angel of a person and like god damn it she's fucking gorgeous yeah. just like you can't hate her fucking bitch well speaking of people who is an absolute Bitch, terrible person, Chola Spears. I love Chola. I love Chola. Wait, okay, hold on. Is can I ask before I spill the tea on Chola? Is Diamond on this list of tea spilling? Yes. Okay, I I'm. I'll just have to think of something else for Diamond, I guess. So the tea on Chola. It is not really tea. On Chola, it's more tea on myself. I'm about to tell on myself, but I have to say that Chola really won me over. Like she, she is amazing. Everyone knows if you know Chola Spears, you know she is a amazing drag queen and performer. So much so that I literally sat in that audience every night, minus maybe two or three nights, in support of Ms. Diamond Wigfall. However. If I'm going to be honest, when I submitted my winning vote on that last night, I definitely filled out two. It was probably like three, but half of those went to Diamond. Maybe a little bit less than half of those went to Diamond. And the rest definitely went to Chola Spears. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wow. That's some tea. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna shame the devil and tell the truth. Um, that was on my heart for a very long time. But no, I I am a super fucking fan of Chola Spears, and I need to buy her papers as much as I. I was, I was gonna but say, do you have do you have the Chola Spears? I don't. I don't. Only because I'm waiting for her because I I like to use the long ones. You okay, know gotcha. So, but the moment she releases those long ones, I yes, hands down. <laughs> Well, you've been friends with our last tea time person. I know you have some tea on Ms. Diamond Wigfall. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Um what kind of tea do I have on Ms. Diamond Wigfall? Uh that's like worth sharing. Hmm. Okay, well, so me and Diamond went to school together, and Diamond actually, um, so aside from that high school performance, my mm -hmm. real first introduction, like, actually, like, trying to beat a face, trying to, like, block a brow, putting on a wig, that whole nine yards, my first experience was at the Boston Conservatory annual drag show, and Diamond actually directed it the first year that I did it. Um, 
And <laughs> this was probably when me and Diamond, it was after that that me and Diamond got close. Like we knew who each other, we knew who we were. Like we, each person knew sure. who the other person was, but we weren't necessarily like close friends. And so to be honest, I, if I didn't think, I won't say that I thought Diamond didn't like me, but God damn it, I did not like her. <laughs> oh! <laughs> because, and I will tell you why, because um, there was, one of Diamond's really close friends had agreed to dance for me. I did a, I did a Beyonce number for Naturally. Um, and to be honest, I didn't necessarily want to do a Beyonce number. I really wanted to do, um, a lettuce number. I really wanted to do, I don't know if anyone has seen the number that, uh, or that video that Latrice Royale had did to uh, a cover of Nina Simone's Four Women mm -hmm. um, featuring lettuce Kelly Price, Marsha Ambrosia, and, uh, and Jill Scott. I really, I wanted to do that number. And like the artist in me, I had like so pitch, like perfectly pictured it out. I was like, I'm not going to wear a wig. It's going to be all about like black power i'm gonna go out and get like senegalese twists put in my hair and like it's gonna be so empowering and da 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 and all this other bullshit and diamond was just like because also mind you they did come up with a very specific theme which mm -hmm. was diva so obviously like my artistic vision did not match the theme so you know diamond was just like girl you should just do beyonce do beyonce and like my little punk ass i was just like i don't want to do beyonce but like also like i'm I'm not that person to always speak with someone of mine. So I was just kind of like, I don't want to do Beyonce, but fine. I was like, fine, girl, I'll do Beyonce. So I agreed to do Beyonce. And along with the theme, there was for time constraints because drag, the drag show was also one of those shows at Boco that everyone kind of wanted to do, right? Like, yeah. and as every show, there's a time constraint, like there's a limit, okay? So like, they were like, look, girl, everyone's number can't exceed two minutes don't be don't be going crazy right uh -huh. and so but my thing was like well if you're asking me to do Beyonce like and as far as I know because this was around like 2015 14 15 so you know at this point in Beyonce's career like but she ain't following no rules like nope. you know what I'm saying <laughs> she's giving you full-on like tour during the <laughs> during like yeah. a, an award show so I'm like okay well this two-minute rule clearly doesn't apply to me if you're asking me to do Beyonce. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, also disclaimer, and like, I'm not that cocky of a bitch because Rosie, who was Diamond's really close, or is Diamond's really close friend, she also was in my number, I had known that Diamond herself had constructed a 10-minute Britney number. So in my mind, now granted, it was phenomenal. She danced the house down boots for 10 minutes fucking straight. But however, I was like, well, bitch, if you can have 10 minutes, I can have four. You know what I'm saying? I can have four. Um, and Diamond just kept giving me like this, like this pushback. And it was, it was always just kind of like, because Diamond loves to be, um, she loves to be, she loves to be amicable and like, and, 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 you know, po politically, I don't want to say politically correct, but you know, she's. Diamond would never just say, no, I'm never, I'm not going to give you two minutes or four yeah. minutes. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was very much like, well, it's just not up to just me. And you have to understand. She was giving me the runaround, God damn it. Sure. She was giving me the runaround. And I was just like, you know what, bitch? I'm going to audition my number with four minutes. That's the least that you can do. The least you can do is let me audition a four minute number. And if you don't fucking gag, 
if you don't fucking gag, then sure, I will, I will not cut it. I'll just not do the show because I'm a petty bitch. But needless to say, I did the number with my six dancers and Diamond and Andrew, the other director at the time, they gagged and they allowed me to have my little measly fun. <laughs> I love that. But that is, and then, and since then, like, honestly, we've been, like, the closest of friends. Like, literally the following year, we both moved to Alston. Um, not together, but happened to live literally down the street from each other. We would always see each other. We got so close. And then she was my first friend besides my roommate when I moved to New York. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought that, was, I hope that's a good story time. That's a great story. I love that. Me and Diamond started off on bad terms. <laughs> <laughs> That's good tea. That's good tea. Give me my four minutes. <laughs> okay, so you've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching? Oh my god! Uh, random, like random things. Um, usually, because I fall asleep watching YouTube. So the funny thing is, it's like I always go down rabbit holes, and usually by the time I wake up, it's the furthest thing from what I'm watching. It's usually <laughs> like some type of like like a meditative self-help thing or like TED talk or oh like, God. I don't think you're watching Jackie Ina, like, or looking up like how to get bigger glutes. Like the next thing you know, you're like on like, anyway, yeah, most of my, most of the tunnels that I, I strive to go down are usually either drag related. So like the, the Katya and Trixie show, um, uh, mm-hmm. I I'm, I do say I do watch a lot of Jake Yonsei. He is a guilty pleasure. Um, okay, okay. You know, I definitely grew up on the Wendy Williams show. So, you know, that that YouTuber, that toxic, like, drama channel bullshit, like, yeah. it, it does kind of feed my soul. Now, understandably, it is junk food, but I still eat it. I consume it. <laughs> but I will say I'm, I'm happy. I'm kind of happy that it, that it seemed to kind of peak at at, in 2020 and then die off yeah you know i i will say that like because as much as like i kind of would watch it and binge it and kind of feel like addicted to it it's not that type of stuff is not conducive to like in my opinion to like a progressive society and so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of happy to see that it kind of hit a peak and now it's kind of like dying off also old reruns of nickelodeon shows disney shows and um and reality TV. That's love everything it. I want to do. Love it. Charm School and Flavor Flav. Oh my god. Classics. If you could eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, sorry, that's my roommate. Are you still doing this? Yeah, sorry. sorry, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> sorry, roommate, ask some questions. Um, uh, what was the question? Oh, one meal for the rest of my life. The sad thing is I already do that. I, <laughs> like, I already eat the same thing every day. Like, I literally eat a chopped cheese from my bodega. Okay, every good one. With lettuce, tomatoes, bacon, avocado, and barbecue sauce. Okay, all right. That sounds good. Yeah, that can't be healthy, though. Like, <laughs> no, no, no not, not at all. But if, if, if yeah, you're enjoying it, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Great. I do enjoy it. So we're going to do the pop five rapid fire. I'm going to give you five pop culture things. You're going to give me word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about for each one. Let's start off. Number one, we met, talked about a little before WAP. Wait, I missed. Sorry. I got 
so distracted. Give me the rules one more time. <laughs> Just word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about for each topic. Oh, got you. Okay, WAP wow, is a funny one. Okay, so we were actually, I work at a bar. The interview in said story earlier was for this mm-hmm. bar that I work on. Everyone, please, if you are free, please check out Lambda Lounge. It's an amazing uh, gay, Black-owned bar. Uh, their words are, I think I called them one time, and their, their voicemail was like, with the, the elegance of downtown, but with the, the swag of uptown. Like, it's really cute. Okay. Um, uh, but anyway, so one of my coworkers, Ty, like, this song WAP came on, and um, we, we, you know, I want you to hit that little deadly thing that's swimming in the back of my throat. And I go, that's called a uvula. And Ty looks at me and goes, oh, your tonsils. And I'm like, no. No, it's not <laughs> your tonsils, <laughs> It's definitely your uvula. <laughs> Are, are are you proficient in the WAP choreography? I don't know it at all. Because <laughs> like I've already mentioned, I am not a social media queen. So I these TikTok dances that be going around, I'd be so late to them. By the time I've learned them, they're like, sis, you're, no one does that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it, though. I have seen it. All right, number two is Candace Owens' dismissal of Harry Styles' photo shoot. <laughs> um, okay. All right, all right. Number three, The Undoing. It's okay. For those who don't know The Undoing, HBO Max show, it's basically Big Little Lies set in New York City. It's really good. Really good. Is it good though? Do you like it? It's very, it's very good. I did love Big Little Lies, so I will. I will. I, will I mean, I don't. I think now in her older age, Nicole Kidman has become a worse actress, but it's still a good story, good mystery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I still watch Charmed reruns, so like, good acting isn't necessarily a deal breaker <laughs> for me. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Number four is Kylie Minogue's Disco. Who the fuck is that? What? You don't know Kylie Minogue? No. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, very, very, very much so. You know the song from like the early 2000s, Can't Get You Out of My Head? No. Okay, okay. Um, the Locomotion? Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. She's, she's an Australian singer. For, she's been around for a while, but she just came out with a new disco album, and it's, it's fire. It's very good. Oh, well, bitch. Okay, hold on. Wait. Because you know I like a disco album. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Very good. How you spell Minogue? What's your last name? Kylie Minogue. How you spell Minogue? M-I-N-O-G-U-E. Minogue. Yep. Damn. Since where I been? I don't know. She's been around forever. <laughs> All right. Oh, I, and- I clearly live underneath the rock. <laughs> And number five, Christmas music. Oh my gosh, Michael, why is my store already playing Christmas music? <laughs> it's too soon. It's too soon. Thir- 14 days, 13 days, no more. We're, we're not here yet. Oh my gosh. So like literally, so if you don't know, Starbucks, I work at Starbucks first and foremost. And if you don't know, every year Starbucks does a huge um, uh, marketing launch for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, in which case, like, the menu kind of changes, the the cups you receive your latte in changes, you know, the merch changes. So there's a lot of hype surrounding November 1st, the day after Halloween. 
and it literally is just like it it's fuck thanksgiving like fuck the the wind like the, the leaves changing colors like none of that exists to starbucks it's like halloween and then snowflakes and yeah. santa claus and and cranberry and bliss bars and cranberry bliss bars which my also, favorite I my favorite like. you like uh, them i, I love them. they're my favorite yeah i don't know i'm not really here for a cold pastry maybe that's, that's fair that's fair I think that's what it is. But people do love them. I always just, this was never my thing. But I, I do like the, the, the sugar plum cheese finish, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't taste like plum. Interesting. It don't taste like plum, but it is good. It is very good. Um, but so going back to the Christmas music as well, this year I finally realized, I finally realized through working at Starbucks and there's only like 20 Christmas songs that exist. <laughs> it's like only there's literally a handful of them and any playlist like because that's the thing the moment we had this launch it was christmas music all day at the launch and then christmas music all day every day since then yeah and it's it's the same songs just sung by different people <laughs> yep like and i'm just like why why are we putting ourselves through this why why are we why are we doing this i don't know but i i do i will say that i do love um it's really cool, with that being said, that it's like the same five songs between different people. It's really cool when you experience Christmas with someone else or in someone else's home or environment mm-hmm. and hearing their interpretation or what interpretations of Christmas that they lean towards. So like in my house, it's a lot of Ray Charles. It's a lot of uh, Vanessa Williams. Um, it's a lot of... Tony Braxton, but it's still the same songs as someone else who probably would not listen to those people, right. which I think is cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's just Mariah Carey and then just a clusterfuck of just the same songs sung by everyone and their mother. And at this point, I, I, I'm so over it, Michael. <laughs> I hear ya. I hear ya. So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. So this is a question from DJ Jclef. Okay. I'm scared. What's your favorite way to break a bad mood? My favorite way to break a bad mood. Um, nine times out of ten, it's going to be music related, but it's usually like dancing. Mm-hmm. Dancing, like usually, or like, if it's not dancing, it's like being in solace. Like, because I don't, I don't know. I I tend to dwell in my emotions a little bit, <laughs> but That's I also fair. find like if I'm in a moment where something has frustrated me to the point where like I'm pissed off, I will usually remove myself from the situation, yeah. leave myself to my vices, and like usually it's going on any type of music, and most of the time it's music that correlates to how I feel. But the sure. great thing about like Spotify or like having a playlist is like that song will turn into a different song and then that song will turn into a different song and then you realize that emotions really are in motion like they flow in through you and then out of you and then before you know it by song number five you're twerking in your bedroom having a good ass fucking time with Lizzo and Cardi B and Meg the Style so yeah I think for me it's music it's music and you feel like dancing I love that Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. It can be about anything you want. Okay. Um, 
Oh, okay. I I think because 2020 has was so hard and just frustrating for everybody. I would like to know what was their favorite part of 2020. What is the something positive that they will take away for the rest of their life from 2020? All right, I like that. That's a good one. Well, where can everyone find you on social media and Venmo? On social media and Venmo. Okay, so social media, like we said, doesn't really exist. So you will only find me for the most part on Instagram under I'm still cute. Maybe one day I'll actually come up with like a legitimate professional Bambina, Bambi page. <laughs> but um, until then, I'm going to keep the measly thousand followers that I have and not start over from scratch. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find me at I'm still cute. And on Venmo, it's Bambi underscore Don D. So if you can remember Bambina, the Don Diva, it's that but hyphenated. So like Bambi underscore Don, D-O-N, D, Don D. Keeping it simple and keeping it every possible option. I love that you think that's simple because I was like, damn, girl, you're really making it hard for the people. <laughs> it just makes it hard because no one knows what the official name is. But it, once you listen to this podcast, you will know. You'll know. You'll, you'll know. know. You'll know that it really just doesn't exist. So whatever <laughs> you see, if you see me on the street, sling one out and try your best. And I'll probably- There we go. Turn around and flip my hair. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, yeah. This was an Thank absolute you. pleasure. Thank you so this much so for much coming fun. on. Thank you. This was a blast. Awesome. Well, that's the podcast portion. Oh my God. And I didn't crash and burn. No, you were great. That was fun. I didn't blow up my phone. Now you're good. All right. Let's take one more photo just so I have an option. I didn't okay. want to do it during it. I was like, I hope you stop recording. Sorry if you didn't, and you got that that bomb that just went off. Are right, you ready? Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna hopefully, based on schedule, hopefully this will be out next week sometime. Yay! This is exciting. Yeah. Hey, where'd you go? Oh my god, I do not know how to work my phone. Can you, can, Here we can go. You see me? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna get it all set up, and we'll get it out next week, and it'll be fun. Yay! This is be fun. Yeah, it was so I'm great catching up, and hopefully I'll get to see you soon again. Seeing you in the park yeah, was too short. Whatever. Um, I know. I mean, it's so hard now because, like, just trying to, like, you know, live. Um, yeah. I'm like, I feel like 2020 is twice. It's how did I? How am I in a pandemic working two jobs? But um, now I just like have no free time. That's fair. <laughs> I, I hear that. <laughs> Um, cause I'm literally like always running from Starbucks in this bar now, but, um, no, like, please, like whenever you're free, um, yeah, let's do it. let me know. Cause yeah. honestly, at this point I'm, I'm at a point where I'm just like, I'm looking for excuses to call out. So like, if you got something going on, I'm, I'm, I'm sick for the day. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh... Shante, can't make it in. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was fun Thanks and so yeah, much. we'll definitely hang out soon and I'll talk to you later. Yes, talk to you later. Thanks so much. Bye, Michael. The biggest thanks to Bambi for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.